This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The late euphoria of Alfie Kilgore's equaliser felt like a win, with all things considered. But as the games remaining fall numerically and player injuries equally so, we can't let euphoria be a cover. Sorry. The same applies for performances too, but as pessimistic and as negative as that may sound, when you step back and evaluate, there's a point in that statement. Tonight we'll look at how the Clive-dubbed Kellen Gordon injury lounge is as busy as ever, how performance needs to improve, and how the next six to eight weeks could look, and much, much more in between as old faces get ready to return home. As ever, we throw open the virtual doors to you for you to have your say on your team in the comments on the live feed. Why? Because Mansfield matters. And welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield matters. I do apologise for the technical glitches. This is the first time I'll have hosted the show from my new where I live now. Uh, and the internet's still not great and neither is Restream. Brilliant. So, 1-1-4 at Bradford on Saturday. We'll start with the, the, the not so good and the so good. Uh, Alan Wilson, give your thoughts on that one. Obviously, it wasn't. A fantastic first half performance, but that second half really turned it around and what a way to have a point right at the end. It certainly did. Good evening, Cam. Good evening, Clive. Good evening, everybody that's uh, listening all around the world. Yes, I think it was a very good second half performance. I couldn't believe it after 34 minutes when we've got three men down. You know, the, the uh, I would say Oates looked the worst from what you could see. The other That, that one of Johnson's looked a bit innocuous, you know, with the groin. But we didn't really get a glimpse of what happened with Reedy. He said, uh, from what Cluffy said, it was like a 50-50 challenge that, you know, wasn't malicious or anything. It was just one of those things. But my word, second half. We, we really played even the fullbacks, Barry, I thought, and uh, 
aching. I thought they played rather well where they were playing because they tried to play more further forward, which they've got to do to obviously either rescue a point or get a full win. But I thought it was a really decent second-half performance and I thought there only one team in it, you know, that looked like they're going to win it in the end. But what a player, that Kilgore. I really do like that. I said two weeks ago when we first signed him, I said, he is captain material. No, sir. Also, don't, don't forget you can get involved in the chat. Just come say hi, really. Give us your thoughts on, on Bradford. Uh, and we're going to say good evening to Mr. Clive Parkin. Um, Clive, good give us your thoughts on that good one. Good evening, Alan. Good evening, everybody. I know there's the, the easy way, the hard way, and there's the Mansfield Town way. And Saturday <laughs> yeah. re really did show that one. Yeah, it was weird. <clears throat> I mean, three uh, three injuries, none of which were as a result of fouls. They were just freakish things. I mean, <clears throat> the worst was by far the one that's been self-inflicted for the second time this season, in my opinion. Oakes has chased after something. He's got over-stretched. He's ended up clattering into a player and coming off worst. And the, this, when he did his peck early in the season, it was as a result of him doing something rather silly. Uh, and I think that's probably something the lad up with. When he's desperate to, to get on the score sheet, he'll, he'll try too hard. And I think that's what he was trying to do on Saturday at Bradford. He's been fed scraps lately, and I understand why he must be getting frustrated. Um, but having said that, we're going to have to manage without him now. I, I know Clough's mentioned a number of weeks. I, I suspect it might be the whole season, but we'll see. Um, the other two, what a shame. We, we we buy four players and two of them are already injured. We've been here before, haven't we? New acquisitions getting injured straight away. But Alfie Kilgore, I think you could drive over him in a, in a fully laden transit van and he'd get up and smile. <laughs> God, oh, he's my, he's my new favourite, by the way. Um, and, and I'm, I'm now over Faz Rawson. Oh, right. oh, excellent news. That, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, there does seem to be a lot of injuries going around at the moment. Uh, moment. Uh, Richard in the comments, is this something to do with, uh, is it anything with the training pitch calling all these injuries? Uh, Arsenal had a lot of injury problems a few years back, turned back to something to do with the pitch. Now, there does seem to be a lot of players picking up injuries at the moment. Is it down to the pitch? Is it to the time of the year that it is? Obviously, the pitches are a lot harder, a little bit less forgiving when you do foot go down. Or have we just got really bad luck again? I just personally, in my opinion, I just think it's bad luck because I've seen the pictures down at RH and Maz and uh, all the rest of the crew done a fantastic job getting them ready. I know they only use the three three G three G is it or four G pictures when they when they have to with the frost etc. And we have had some of that bad weather just lately, but on the actual pictures themselves. They're second to none. They really are. And I mean, they play proper matches on there, you know, when it's behind the closed doors. So I can't see it being that personally. It's just unfortunate, you know, whether, like Clive says, whether some of them are trying too hard. I mean, you saw Ollie Clark. He was trying too hard, you know, and he sort of pulled something, you know, when he first came back. And it, that might there might be something in that. But uh, there's, there's something else just as well. On with it. Sorry to talk over you, Alan. There's something else as well. I mean, the, the players we have now are supremely fit individual athletes. The, their body mass index is incredibly low. They are trained to within an inch of their lives in terms of fitness, and yet they pick up injuries. Now, back in my day, players weren't half as fit as these lads are, but they didn't seem to get injured for very long. Everybody got clattered every now and again, but you dust yourself off and get back again. And in the absence of a broken bone, you were never out for very long. 
Now, I know the world's moved on a little bit now, but the pitches are so much better, the balls are so much lighter, and these footballers are fit as fleas. And yet, we're going people twanging and twerking all over the place. Are they, are they too fit, is what I'm saying? Do they need to be a bit fatter? <laughs> Do we need a reading? Well, there's a, there's out for me, yeah, then I could be up then. Just need a bit of something else to bounce off the players. Um, obviously, it's very disappointing to lose three players in, in the way that we did. Obviously, we lost two against Doncaster, but going into Saturday, you're thinking, could it be any worse? And then half-time comes, and it, it is. <coughs> excuse me. We're one goal down. We've used all three subs in the first half. But the only positive is the three subs that did come on during the first half all played fantastically. Uh, so we'll start with Clive. What do you think? I think there's another, like, there's another positive, Cam. I think it forced Clough's hand into putting two subs on at half-time because he would only get one throw of the dice. And therefore, he brought... Um, who, did, who came in at half-time? It was um, DJ Johnson and... I know ever. DJ uh, Swanee went. <clears throat> that's yeah. right. Well, it forced his hand, and as a result of what we then found ourselves with, it was a better game for Stags. We were much more involved in, in an, as an attacking team. And it, it, you could argue, on the basis of the second half performance, we were slightly unlucky not to take all three points. Having said that, the first half performance wasn't good, and, and I said to, to Craig during the, towards the end of the game, I'd love a point out of this. And I'll just, once we scored the goal, I said, well, I'll settle for that. Because I think that was on balance about right. Yeah, it was, and it was it was quite unlucky. And I think another positive I think we can take out to this whole situation is that Danny Johnson has come back, and obviously he said in the press on Monday, it's like he's never been gone. He's sorted straight back in with the lads from Saturday's performance. You'd probably say that's quite true because he saw, he he got really involved. He was. The Danny Johnson of old as such and very nearly got himself on the score sheet all bar a bit of fantastic defending. And when you've got players that have been out for so long, whether that's injured or alone or whatever, they've just this season, they've just seemed to have slot back in straight away and, and hit a, a reasonable bit of form when we needed to. We'll see at the weekend whether Johnson could carry it on. But I was very impressed with what I saw from Danny Johnson this season uh, that on Saturday. <laughs> Oh. Sorry, lads. While he's while he's busy oh. with his phone, I think oh. Danny Johnson in his uh, interview says all the right things, and I think he was fed fairly safe questions as well. Um, and I'm sure he means most of what he says. And what he's now got to do is do the right things, which is to show us that he's as good as he once was. We never saw the best of him in his earlier stint with the club, I don't think, and all sorts of things created that situation. Um, injury to himself and then the team picking up points without him and not not being able to force his way back in the side. And, and whilst there are loads of conspiracy theories about he'd fallen out with the club or the club had fallen out with him, none of that's ever been proved. And he, of course, he went away to another club and showed he could score goals. So I think what he wants to do now is to show he can score a dozen goals between now and the end of the season. And the only way he'll do that is if the club gives him a chance. But he said all the right things. He certainly His body language is so much better when we saw him than it could have been. Um, and uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I took some comfort from seeing Clough put his arm around him, you know, during the uh, the celebrations. There was some there was some good vibes coming from the two of them. And I, I, I think that's got to be uh, a positive thing. So, and we're going to need him now, aren't we? Let's be fair. You know, so let, let's see if he's climbed up the pecking order. 
The thing so, is, he's got nothing to lose now, has he? You know, that's his, you know, that's his, he's got, what, 18 games left to prove himself, to put him either in the shop window for anybody else or whether he signs a new contract with us or what happens. If he can crack a few goals in, you know, I don't think anybody will mind. And it's good news that Oates is only out for six weeks. Where, you know, Absolutely. one or two people said that possibly out for the season. Yeah, it is. It's frustrating. But should we hear from somebody that's always been very critical of Danny Johnson? He's been knocking on the door in the chat for the last few seconds. And now let's add him back. Craig Priest is with us. Get him back. Wait, hang on a minute. I've not been critical of Danny Johnson. I've been critical of the way that the club has handled the situation. Thank you very much. That's a slanderous <laughs> statement to say in only your second stint as host. Inaccurate journalism. Correct. <laughs> Can't get the intro right and then a slanderous statement <laughs> in, in my intro. Oh, I'm going to have to change this for next week. No, um, I'll give you an honest answer. I have heard the, the, the Danny Johnson interview and to be fair, he handles it very well. But it's not Danny Johnson that should be sat facing the questions. It's not necessarily Nigel Clough to a degree either. It's those who are higher, those who have handled the situations. I have to say, I think... Other questions should have been asked, but the, the 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 questions weren't skirted around, and it's one of those things now where he is here for for the season, and it's like we you know we were saying a week ago that his opportunities would be limited. I still personally believe that his opportunities will be limited, even with Reese Oates out. Who, by the way, I have it on good authority, will be out for longer than six weeks. Um, whether or not that proved to be true or not will remain to be seen. However, um, on the Johnson situation, he's now got an opportunity to come in and prove himself. But I still stick by my statement, which is that he will not replicate his form for Warsaw because us and Warsaw play two completely different styles of football. He'll come in, he'll do a job, he might score five or six goals, but will he get 15 I tell you what, if he gets if he gets twenty five goals between now and the end of the season, Cam can have series seven of the podcast. That's how confident I am. Oh, thanks! Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I think it didn't get out of my hole, and this is how you repay me. Um, something that just listen. Just like I'm me. a get. I'm a guest on tonight's show. I get to. I can, I can be more controversial. I can stir shit up if I want. That's what I'm going to do. Hey, Cam, can I, can I remind you? You've got the button. I do. I could just get rid of him if I really wanted to, which doesn't bother me. I just get, I just go back through there. You carry on. I've got other things I can do. I could not care less. Well, you know, I can get on Twitter Spaces and do my own thing. It's fine. To pick up on Craig's critique, the uh, nobody involved in the Danny Johnson transfers, non-transfers, loans, etc. The whole saga. Nobody's a winner. The player's not a winner. Mansfield Town's not a winner. In fact, Mansfield Town suffer more because of the poor reputational outcome of all this, in my opinion. And uh, and I agree with Craig. I don't think it's necessarily the, the football management that are to blame here. I think it's the administration and above. Um, and certainly Warsaw aren't, aren't a winner. They, they've every right to feel badly done by, in my opinion. Mm. So it's been, a, it's been a shambles, but it's done now. We are where we are. We've got a player who's contracted to us, wants to demonstrate he's as good as he thinks he is and has been in the past, I believe the club needs to give him an opportunity to show that. I honestly think he'll get it. Obviously, with with Oates now missing, I don't think he'll be first choice. I think you'll, he'll, Clough will still put 
Swan, Aikens ahead of him, possibly even um, uh, possibly even Bowery at some points as well. But he will get his opportunities. He'll, he'll play probably a little bit more than a bit part now, considering Oates's injury. But he, I personally don't think he'll replicate the form. But that's not the issue, whether or not he replicates it, because it's the argument of who plays the style of football <clears throat> that suits him. The thing that it is... It's about his commitment to the club and he's got it. I know there were a few people trying to stir it on Twitter and on social media after Saturday because he didn't celebrate the goal. He gave the answer superbly. He was tying his laces. There was a few conspiracy theories flying about when he cleared uh, the, the header off of the, off of the line. Very, very unlucky. But he came on. He, he ran around for 45 minutes. Probably took him 20 minutes to touch the ball. But you know what? He's here and he's playing for Mansfield now. He's an employee of the club, and what will be will be. I think I don't necessarily believe everything that was said in the interview. I think there is a little bit more to it. Pretty much, the thing that got me was um, last season. The season, the comments about last season, which were, you know, I was out injured and sort of miss, missing a few. Yeah, that was true at the start, but towards the back end of the campaign, when we needed a striker, he was fit and available and only got a chance at Scunthorpe away. That you know, but that was last year. That was then. This is now. Can he make an impact? Fingers crossed. I don't think it with the same impact he made at Warsaw. Prove me wrong. Uh, Keely in the comments says DJ needs to show uh, show us what he's made of. I believe he wants to be here. Uh, I believe he wants to be here. His interview was positive, and he did clap the fans no matter what Agreed. everybody else says. He did, and at half time, yes, he did. He comes straight over. They did the very quick warm up, and then went back inside. Mm. But he was very positive and, and and applauded the fans and had a bit of a laugh about it because I feel like the, the fans are very much in the in the dark about what happened, and I think what Craig said about. The the higher up is probably where the questions need to be lying because it's quite clear that pre winder maybe Johnson didn't want to stay here, but then the options weren't right. Obviously, rumours about him want, uh, potentially going to, to Colchester. Obviously, rumours will be rumours, but if that is right, and, and then what Clough said, saying there was a bid accepted, but he didn't want to go there, it wasn't right for his family, for him, whatever, then... Yeah, I, he's just got to really knuckle down and be like, well, actually, you know what, I do not, I do want to be here. I do want to to be scoring goals. And from, yeah, what from what he said is is quite positive. Uh, another positive note from Saturday was, all right, we'll borrow a few shaky moments in the first half, was that the yeah. defensive partnership between Kilgore and Hewitt throughout the match was, was quite impressive. Written in the comments says, Kilgore is a great signing, but right now he's... Hewitt is playing absolutely brilliant. Him and Kilgore can become the new Foster and Kenworthy. Right. Atlas, you're not going to... Well, well, hang on a minute. You're not going to add in the insult about you not knowing who they no, are? No, no, are we skirting over that, are we? I was going to ask, I was gonna ask yeah. Alan and Clive, can you explain... No, you've never been asking me because I've got a sh shocking memory. Quite, quite easily. George Foster, in my opinion, was the best Mansfield Town player that ever put a shirt on. He would, he, he reminds you a little bit of Kilgore because he would have run through a brick wall. He broke his nose countless times. He was just an absolutely superb player. And Kenworthy slotted in at the side of them. That he did. They're, I mean, they're a good partnership. You know, we've had quite a few in the. Uh, of all the history of Mansell Town. But it, from what I've seen, and I mean, I've only been watching since 69. 
is as good as anything I've seen. Fair enough. <laughs> I, yeah, I go I, back I, a little bit earlier than that. I think Kevin Bird in his day was was an impressive player. Um, he could be relied on uh, yeah. as a defensive player and, and he had an absolute dominance in his game. And he also bagged his fair share of goals. Yeah. It was a leader, Clive, weren't he? Yeah, and, and you know, these guys weren't earning a lot of money in those days either. You know, it's a, it's a different world and, and it's no point in bemoaning what, what was before. Um, I'd have loved to have seen someone of their standard being available to us now, but it's a different game and I suppose you yeah. do need slightly different skill sets. It's going to be interesting to see what happens um, on Saturday because Nigel Clough has already hinted in his press conference this week that he's going to have to go to a back four. It sounded very reluctant about saying it because <laughs> of Callum Johnson and Stephen McLaughlin both missing. Um, I think, you know, the left-back situation is fine. I think Wallace does a superb job there. He's an, he's an adequate stand-in. Naturally, Hewitt will move to right-back, but then it's who you put in at centre-back alongside Kill. Uh, alongside Kilgore, I actually think that him and uh, Riley Harbottle will make a. Is uh, Harbottle fit? I, I believe yeah. so. I think he's just waiting for his opportunity. Well, I'd rather it, I'd great. rather have Harbottle in in that back four now than uh, our lovely old player, because uh, you know you'd, if you're running with a back four, it needs to be strong but also quick, and, and I'm afraid he's neither now. Um, and I, bless, I love him to death, but I don't think he's actually right for us apart from as a, a come on when, when required. Um, fabulous attitude and enormous amounts of experience, but you need a bit more than that now. I mean, I'm going to put it out there as well. I think uh, Kilgore and O'Toole would make a great partnership, but that's about as likely to happen as me checking my bank account and seeing these two million quid in there. Oh, no, think... wait. £6.99. <laughs> O'Toole's had his boots stolen, I think. It's a strange one with, with John Joe because he wasn't listed... In the team, he doesn't appear to be injured. And the last we heard of him was that we'd had inquiries for him towards deadline day. What, Alan? What do you think of this? Because well, do you think do you think a year back, and as as fans on social media, we were tagging the club and, and tweeting them saying, "Sign O'Toole, sign sign O'Toole." It was Mansfield's just, new messiah, wasn't he? It was, and then he's just... ago, he was the he was the man that everybody wanted. It proved everybody right when he played, but uh, I was surprised that he didn't play the Tuesday night in the not senior cup uh, cup semi final. Because I think the reasoning behind that, Al, sorry to, to cut you off, uh, sorry to cut you off, mate, was that was deadline day, wasn't it? I think he was potentially expecting to move out. Oh right, oh fair <laughs> enough then, because it there was perfect opportunity there because Arbottle yeah. played a, a full ninety. He did a few misplaced passes, but it uh, looked to be reasonably fit because he made it. He did all the ninety minutes, but there was a young lad on there called who came on. Is it Krasinski? I think his name is. That lad looks as though he's got something. It really have we does. still got? Sorry, Al, have we still got the lad that we sent to Kettering? Is it? Was it Kettering? George Cooper. Yeah, he's still on loan yeah. there. He didn't play. Get him. Yeah, he didn't play because he's a quality. He will be a quality yeah. defender as well. Yeah, I mean, Never look at how he's, he's developed really well. I know they rate yes. him really, really highly. I think there were a few conference national clubs sniffing after him as well for a, for a period. Yeah. But with the O'Toole situation, it might be another DJ situation. You know, if he needs to play him, whether it be midfield or defence, you know, the option's there. I think O'Toole is, 
I think O'Toole is on probably one of the best contracts at the club at the moment in terms of reward. And I wouldn't blame him for not wanting it to go somewhere else um, mm. as, a, as, a, as a transfer if, it, if his salary can't be matched. He's got to believe he's towards the end of his career and therefore he's got to bank as much as he can. And we had to work very hard to get his signature, if you remember. And part of that was a two and a half year contract and, and I'm guessing a, a fairly serious wage. I don't see too many teams at our level having that resource at the moment for but an old player. Him. For an old player. I mean, so I think he's trapped by that a little bit. We don't know what's gone on between him and, and Clough, if anything at all. Um, but he certainly didn't come back from his injury as well as he went into it. No. Um, and I think that's true of one or two players, really. And, uh, and my fear for Oates is exactly along those lines. So... I think uh, we have O'Toole on our books, and he, but I can't understand why he's not in the squad because um, you put in a goalkeeping coach on the bench instead of a player that you know is more likely to be a useful asset. I don't know. It is a strange one. Obviously, we have got Adam Collin if if required, but like you said, it, what's what's the point? I'm not saying that he's a a wasted substitute spot because football's a funny old game. It, it'd be our luck that we would need to change our goalkeeper if we didn't have one on the bench. It's just how our season seems to be going. It just seems we've got this bad luck. But does does Saturday's game at home to Gillingham now give us the opportunity to not necessarily experiment with the side, but just change a few different things because because we have to? Obviously, we've got... You've, you've got Ollie Hawkins coming back and with the way things are going at the minute, he's going to be playing up front, which then... It changes your defensive options compared to what what would usually be played. Uh, so if we'd have played them last earlier this season, uh, it just changes a lot of things, and especially because we've got so many players injured or are quite clearly not part of the squad. Craig, we'll go to you for this one. Saturday's game gives us a prime opportunity to sit there and think, "Why the bloody hell did we sell Ollie Hawkins?" <laughs> when we when we need Jeez when we need striking striking options, I'm 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 annoyed that we got rid of Hawkins. I, I I still think we had another season in him. Um, I think him and Kilgore will have a good tussle. Um, but they don't use him as you know the the main striking threat. They use him as a a, a flick on man, as a hold up man to to bring. Is it Nichols they've got there as well? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one scoring um, the goals, he's, isn't he? Scoring at the minute, but a lot of it's coming from from uh, from Hawkins. I know Lapsley's not particularly. <laughs> playing for them. Um, in terms of your question, Cam, about experimenting, I don't think we can experiment. I don't think he's got the luxury for that. Clough, I think, will go down the line of, we've had to change to a back four because we've not got personnel available. We lacked something because we didn't have X player, X player, X player. Um, and I think, it, I don't know, unless we get a positive result, I think there'll be a lot of excuse-based comments coming out after the game. I think we've we've got to get three points, but I also think that we need to be very wary <coughs> against a side who are very clearly on the up at the moment. And I think, you know, had they had a resurgence a month or so earlier, I think they would be a real contender and they certainly will be um, next season. As to how we play and how we line up, Nigel Clough was asked, wasn't he, in his press conference this week? Yeah. And, what he'll do with no wing backs, and his answer was, "We'll play a back four, and then we'll see what happens." What sort of an answer is that? What vague. sort of an answer? It's close. It's vague. It's it's 
it's a poor answer. It's it's a poor answer to give. And I don't know. And for, for me, it'd be interesting to see who comes in for for Reed. I'd like to. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's a tough one to play, but I'd personally like to see us go. Four three three, and to answer the comment from Simon, finally a chance for Law. Well, is he is, still injured? Is he is he I, still out? I'm going to say because him or Gale weren't on the bench on the Tuesday night match. They were still injured, apparently. I'll or, tell you, you what know, I think. Be, or... They'd be sorry, Craig. They'd been training, but they weren't, you know, suitable for the match, as it were. But, I've I mean, just had a... that might have changed. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I think I'm not sure about um, Gail. I don't know whether he'll get too far close to the squad now with uh, between now and the end of the season. But anything uh, can happen. As for Laura, I'm I'm not sure. But I've just had a, a vision of what might happen on Saturday. Clough will go. Yeah, well, we're definitely going to go with a back four, and then we'll see what happens in midfield. Are we all putting a pound on Aikens and Bowery to be playing right wing back and left wing back? Yes. I hope not. <laughs> Quinn's in, lads. I can see it happening, but I hope not. I, I think he, he has so much trust in Aikens. I mean, he, he believes in Aikens. He, he's confident in Aikens. He, he trusts him. And he'll want to squeeze him in the side somewhere. I actually think Aikens, on his day, is absolutely fantastic. Unfortunately, he can easily slip out of frame as well. Um, but he's confident in that position. But you don't play him in the back four, in my opinion. So if if you're going to have a back four, I think the candidates are all there knocking on the door. We should be just saying, yeah, let's go for it. And I'm with Craig. Let's go shit or bust. Let's go three three in front because we've got three. We've got luckily we have a, a bank of midfielders that can take per many three from them you like. And let's see what we like with three up front. Let's even if it's two and one slightly behind. Let's and go let's for it. And sorry, Clive, let's be honest as well. If we go three up front, that whole conversation about Johnson and me saying that we won't get the best out of him, we will if we go 4-3-3. I don't know whether you spoke about it earlier when I was making a cup of tea or not, but on Saturday when he came on, we went wide a lot of the time and he didn't really get too involved in the game. But there were three or four moments when we played through the middle and do you know what? I saw glimpses of what could be. And if we go 4-3-3, play Aikens in the centre of that three, which is where we should have been playing Ollie Hawkins if we'd have kept him, um, and play Johnson and Swan off of him, that is where we will yield a lot of success. Craig, did you put, your hands over your mic- you put your hands over your microphone there so we couldn't hear you? Because if you, if you did, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. Like it says in the picture bordering, it did, the, both him and Barry, I thought, played reasonable second half. You know, and that's the quandary you've got, isn't it? Where do you play them when they've got, you know, it all depends who he puts in the back four. If you've got Kilgore and Hewitt, who I think are shoo-ins, if you've got Wallace deputising at left back, although Mr Page is still here and he's training on the grass and think we'll see what happens with him. Who do, you put at, who do you put at right back? Do you put uh, the chap from Forest? at the side of Kilgore and put Hewitt at right back. Is that the way to go? Yeah. We're all thinking more that. Because I'm, just, I'm just thinking because if he wants to put Perch in, if he's got to shoe him in, he could, I'd sooner see him at right back than centre back. That I would. But I that, like... means he, that means Harbottle doesn't yeah. get in. And I'd like to see Harbottle in. But Craig's Although, point is valid, isn't it, Alan? That... 
the thing, the place we should be playing uh, Aikens is where he can do the most damage. Is up front. Yeah, Actually, I agree. Being a big receiver is good at taking some dis some disappointing balls and making something out of them. And then you want a couple of whippets at the side of him. Yeah, and I'd agree. In, but in, in Swan and, to... uh, and Danny Johnson, that could work. It's a, it's a daring thing to try because we've never been that daring, have we? And he's, well, we he's... were. Sorry, we, 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 we were, weren't we, in the last two games before we decided to sell Ollie Hawkins and it was working. Yeah, yeah but the thing is, you know, for whatever reason, or whether it's money, whether it's family, whether it's both, Hawkins wanted, you know, he wanted to go. Because you know he's getting to that age now where it's it's a big bank balance. <laughs> I mean, Hawkins and Lapsley, the history now. Forget about them. Yeah, what we've got is what we've got. I pick up on something though, Alan. You you mentioned you didn't think Barry played too bad. Well, if that's as good as we can expect from him, he's never going to get in the side because playing not too bad is not like playing good. I, I think I like Jordan Barry as an individual, but I think his best football is behind him now, and. Um, he certainly hasn't got that burst of pace that he seemed to have a season or two ago. And uh, I just wonder when we've, we've got a full complement of fit players, he'll, he'll be a, a bench warmer. And probably it was, very, it was yeah. very frustrating watching Jordan Bowery on, on Saturday. The situations where you'd want him to be, like you were saying, he's not got that burst of pace. Where he's got that bit of space in front of him and you're just thinking, for sake but Jordan, just run, drive forward because... Valley Parade is a massive pitch. It's it's absolutely huge. And these spaces and these opportunities opened up more than one once. And he'd get his head down and just run on only uh, Craig says four three three. Brilliant. Helpful. <laughs> valid, valid um argument. Be, on Friday, Craig, what we'll do before the match, we'll uh, all put his team down, what we think because I mean, I think we me and you only got one wrong, didn't we? We did. Can I, you know, on the team thing, sorry to sort of go off on a tangent, it's just coming to my head. Have you just, have you talked about Clough's comments about Flinders and Pym yet? No. No, not yet. Bring it up at some point and I'll have a rant about it, as you were. Will do. Um, <laughs> <coughs> he's, he's been putting me off now. Who's um, Flims? <laughs> they're making it up, Craig. <laughs> yeah, I think Richard summed it up. Um, perfectly Bowery never once took his man on and he was always looking to cut back inside and lay the ball off and I think whilst yes that is, I think that is the, the case on occasions where he did do that it was the right option I think somebody that we've not mentioned yet uh, in Davis Keeler Dunn I thought had a quite a decent game on, on Saturday and I think same with Johnson you know as soon as we got that ball through the middle it looks really dangerous. I think he's he's a cross he's oh, he's a cross between a poacher and uh, a ball playing fielder, from what I've seen previously and uh, what he's sort of like played throughout, sort of like what he's been doing. And he's always going to carry this stigma of he's just another Clough Burton signing, which is funny because he's never played under Clough. Helpful. We'll come back to that later. Craig's just showing his team. I'm just, I'm thing. just in case Nigel's watching. I'm just, you know, just in case just, it's subliminal marketing. <laughs> it's not that subliminal, is it? <laughs> no, next time, can you do it in black pen? We've only got blue. 
got a little gap in conversation then let's pick up on that flinders versus pim situation because it's worth talking about flinders has done absolutely nothing wrong in the two games he's played he's in many parts of his game he's better than pim in my opinion i think he's leave, just leave him is where better. he is and, and I, he deserves and under any natural law of selectivity he should continue to play um and pim would have to fight his corner and get back in when the opportunity arose furthermore Flinders is on our payroll. He's on. A, he's contracted to this football club. We have the other guy on loan from Peterborough. Now maybe that's half the problem. Maybe the conditions of getting him on loan from Peterborough is that he got plenty of match time. I don't know. But to rush a player back who's had a, a very disconcerting finger injury ahead of a player that's played very very well and is obviously very keen to continue to play seems to me mild abuse by Clough. Nigel Clough's comments honestly left me just thinking, wow. Because for a moment, I did think it was going to do a U-turn on what he'd said last week, which was as soon as Pim's available, he'll be back in. Because he was praising Flinders. He was saying he's a very competent goalkeeper and is a true professional and things like that. And then when the, the question was asked, so when um, Pim's back available, does that give you a dilemma? Clough went, no, Pim's back in. Honestly, what confidence does that give Scott Flinders? I thought if it wasn't for Scott Flinders, we would not have got anything from Bradford whatsoever. He was terrific. One of the best goalkeeping displays I think I've seen for a good few years from Scott Flinders on Saturday. Confident, loud, made himself big, made key saves at key moments. But if you're him, if you're him watching that interview on, on the way back, on the way back, you're thinking, what on earth have I got to do now? To be fair, he maybe understands the situation. He might have been brought in in the summer and Clough's gone, look, you're going to be number two. You'll play when there's opportunity, if there's injury or suspension, you'll play in the cup, but that's it. And he might be fine with that. But if you're a player elsewhere in the squad and you're looking at that and you're just thinking, well, I know that the gaffer puts me fourth in line in that particular position. So is that exactly the same thing? Is it a case of um, when I'm not available you know, when when they when that player's available, I'm I'm going to be dropped straight away. What motivation does 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 that give a player? If I were if I went into work tomorrow, and uh, someone said, right, Craig, um, the the manager's off for a couple of weeks on holiday. You're going to deputise uh, as the the marketing manager or whatever. I go, yeah, fine. That's that's no problem. Um, I would you know, expect to, to, to drop back down when they get back. But if I came in to cover someone's maternity leave, for example, or prolonged leave, and I did a, a, a good enough, adequate job, maybe a, a, an even better <laughs> job than what they were doing, which is the argument with Flinders, would I be disappointed six months or, or whatever down the line when, it come, when I'm expected to <clears throat> drop back down after the work and performance I've put in? Damn right I would. And I think Nigel Clough just needs to take a, a little look at what he's what he said and how he said it and just be a little bit more considerate to the way he approaches it. Because if Scott Flinders gets dropped, as much as uh, he's probably friends with, with Pim, I'd be sat on that bench and I'd just be thinking, every time he went up for a cross, I'm thinking, drop it. Every time they go forward, I'm thinking, score. Every time he rushes out of his box, I'm thinking, make a mistake. Because I've played, I want my place back. And you telling me that any sportsman, friendly or otherwise, experienced or otherwise, doesn't have that thought process, 
You show me one of them, I'll show you a liar. The end. Yeah. I'm glad uh, we've not keep... had to go through your rant anyway, Craig. Keely <laughs> 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 uh, Ke said in the comments, Flint has, uh, has been amazing. As much as I love Pim, I don't think he's got the ability as much as Flint... I forgot to say Craig. Uh, as much as Flint is... As he's more experienced, he knows how to work the team. He did amazing with uh, Aikens' assist against Doncaster. Now, it's a very fair point. I think a lot of frustration, personally, with Pim this season is, from me personally, when when we've seen him play, is he's very slow. And when he gathers the ball, he's, he's very hesitant to, to get the ball going and play it short or just send it long. He's, it always takes a little bit of time to just think about it, and I think if that's the if if Pim plays against Doncaster last weekend and uh, weekend before, for example, maybe that Aikens goal doesn't happen because it's just that hesitation of just taking that just that bit of time. But and I think this whole situation of, of Pim Flinders, whatever, who's number one, it's very much. To me, similar to a situation that we had previously uh, a few seasons ago under <clears throat> under Dave uh, and Bobby Oleshnik and uh, Conrad Logan. Obviously, Bob. Oh, it, 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 so <coughs> he's put me off again. So you obviously you've got Oleshnik that's gone out injured, and Con Logan's done a, a very good job. And and albeit when things start to turn a little bit. Uh, toxic in this, that toxicity. Happy now? Um, it's, it was still able to perform, and yes, we were still doing well, but then you look at the season after when Alejnik comes back, he wasn't the same player. And uh, that's the thing, the situation when it's something like that with a goalkeeper, whether it's like when you're having to jump or catch or whatever, it could really affect your confidence. If Pim comes back and he comes out to claim a ball, is he going to be really hesitant? The fact like, oh, I've done my finger recently, it's not 100% healed, but I'm still able to play. Is he going to be thinking, right, I'm actually just going to punch this clear because he's not confident in catching it or or whatever? He's not the biggest guy in the world, so he can't compete with someone like Ollie Hawkins, for example. So is that mentally going to affect him? Because Flinders I, I, has done absolutely nothing wrong and he, he kept us in that game on Saturday with the saves that he made. I suppose uh, the most positive thing we can say, Cam, is that we're blessed to have two good keepers in the in the team, um, and it's a matter of opinion ultimately who's the best of the two. And our opinion seems to be in favour of uh, Flinders at the moment. But the most important opinion is that of the guy who selects the team. Um, for whatever his reasons, we have to go along with that. And if he if he brings Pim back after he's recovered from his injury, then not much we can do about that. <laughs> So no, I think we'll just get... I think we I think we've spoken too much about the goalkeepers. Let's talk about Danny again. <laughs> <laughs> Which well, one? Least, <laughs> Danny Rose. <laughs> yes, let's. I'll just ask, I'll just put a, I'll just put a question out there. In your opinion, who would you have marking Mr. Hawkins? Perch. Or, or He's injured, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's injured. No, ser seriously, Craig. <laughs> would you um, have? Would you have Hewitt been on top of his game? Would you have Kilgore? Would right, you have you Carbottle? 
you can't put you can't put Hewitt on him because that gives Nigel Clough the perfect opportunity to throw him back under the bus. He's not done it for a while and say, "Well, he will mark his mate." Um, I think I think you know Kilgore would would be the ideal uh, one to mark him, but um, I think it'd be an interesting to us. I actually think it'll be more of a midfield battle with Ollie Hawkins because he will be in the position that he plays for Gillingham, which is where he should be playing for us. He will drop a little bit deeper to come and collect, so it will actually be more likely to be Ollie Clark or George Do you think Maris he'll be playing though, Craig? Do you think he'll be playing? Because he, he got taken off injured, didn't he, in the last game? Oh, did he? I don't oh, know. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what the extent of the injury was, but uh, he was... It could be really interesting because obviously Hawkins and Lapsley will be telling Gillingham all about the way that Mansell play or the way that he thinks will play. And could, could Nigel throw a spanner in the works, dare I ask? I don't know how he could do that because there can't be a player who's played under Clough has any idea how <laughs> we play from one game to the next. I think I, I, listen, I'm looking forward to the Gillingham game. I think it'll be a really good test. They are on an upward surge because of a regeneration of their team by by new some players by some new players and they need points desperately um and we i think are capable of turning anybody over um and i thought i think we should use the the bonus of a, a draw at bradford as a as a launch pad to uh, take someone's pants down and i think it's got to be uh, it's got to be uh, it's got to be Gillingham. thank god he said a team and not a nate and not 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 a bloke <laughs> <laughs> It's nice to see Macca back, Mr. McDonald. Oh, yeah, of course. He's playing yeah, well. He's, there, yeah. Yeah. he's had a re resurgence, hasn't he? Again, you know, it's yeah. funny what uh, what happens when you get that sort of uh, winning mentality in your team, isn't it? You're another one I like at Mansfield. Well, he's the only he's the only remaining player that of Evans's time at Priestfield Stadium, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. So. Just a quick one on Ollie Hawkins. Uh, they've said he uh, so. I hope he's okay for this week. That's all they've said on on him currently. So he'll be playing, man. Yeah. Well, just a Gillingham quick. Have, Gilling, sorry, Gillingham have probably got a better way of dealing with injured players. You know, they they probably get them fit and available within a week, whereas we do it within three months. Very true. I think my uh, way's better. You say to the player that's injured, "Get up and get on with it." <laughs> just one last one last quick thing before we move on to podcast predictions for this week. I just want to bring up this comment. Let's see. Uh, this comment from Martin uh, said, "Just watched the Johnson interview. Mentions playoffs. Why not automatics?" Do you really need very, to ask that question? I think it's a very interesting one because we're not, we're not the, we're not far from where we need to be. But you look at the games that we've got. We've got a very sort. Are you for real? <laughs> it's it's have just. You watched, have you watched us play? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But it's just throwing that comment out there. They get three wins on the track. You're up there chasing after the automatics, aren't you? Simple as that. Really, him in. Really, him in. Look, I. There's a reason that I titled this show this week. Euphoria. Let let it not be a comfort blanket or whatever the bloody hell I called it in the end. And that's the fact that for. I say 89 minutes. Most people probably disagree and probably say 70. We were awful at Bradford. And if we play like, continue to play like that for the remainder of the season, we will not get anywhere near the playoffs, let alone a, a top three push. We got we got off the hook by a superb goalkeeping 
performance. We gave away a stupid soft goal because we didn't close down the, the ball and we, we switched off from the set piece, which you should never do. We allowed Andy Cook the easiest goal that he'll ever score in his career. And I still cannot see how, you know, we are getting to find the groove. It seems to be one step forward, three steps back every single week. Call me a killjoy. Call me pes- doubly pessimistic. Whatever. It's just not. It, it's just not clicking for me. It's just. It's just not clicking for me. Craig, it will. Glass half full. <laughs> Four three three, and we'll get up there. <laughs> the thing is, irrespective, we. I totally agree with what you're saying about the performances and whatever. But you know, whether we like it or not, we're still sixth. And you know, points don't lie. We're not the best team in the world. We're not the worst team in the world. But we're still sixth. I think we we can improve on that. To be fair, I do agree with Richard. If we play like we did in the second half, we will move up the table. But there's a reason we played like we did in the second half because we were chasing the bloody game again. We we did not come out on the the front foot. We did not come out and try and. Try and play. We're always kicking when we're having to chase the game. We, a successful team, cannot get where game promotion by always chasing the tails and always trying to get back into the game. Fact. I, I think Danny Johnson was right in say, suggesting that we have a chance in the playoffs because it's kind of about DJ. Yeah. Because it's realistic. I think it's slightly unrealistic to uh, have any expectation of automatics. That's not me being negative. That's just me being objective. And I think, you know, we've got some... There's two good teams in the division that aren't likely to slip up badly enough to give us their slot. So you're, there's a, a bunch of us fighting potentially over the third spot. Um, yeah, and I think you've got to look the, the other end as well. I think there's a, not, a lot of teams as well all vying for a playoff spot this, this season. It's very tight in and around there. Jay says I'm negative. Maybe I'm just putting it across in a negative form, mainly for entertainment purposes, really. But I think the fact pessimistic is... Craig. Pessimistic Craig's probably a little bit better than negative Craig. I disagree with negative. It's, pessimi- it's pessimism more than anything else because we're burnt by where we were, you know, last season and, and, and everything that happened. I... Going back to the point about what Johnson said in his interview about saying the playoffs, because that is the that is the realistic aim at the moment. We will try and our aim is to to try and finish seventh, and whatever happens after that happens. If 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 we get to a point where we can chase the top three in what a month or a month and a half, two months, then great. But right now, let's continue to just try and stay in the playoffs. I think what we need to do as as fans is to hope that we can finish the season like Bristol Rovers did last year because they came from very much nowhere to get automatically promoted at the expense of what was one of the best teams in the league at the time. Is, the, is, there, a team, is there a team there that's going to happily ship seven goals? And possibly accept some brown envelopes. You're being too particular, Craig. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily need somebody with seven goals. No, you've been obtuse, Craig Priest. <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> I've heard that one before. Jeez, I've made my point. Ridicule me if you want, but I've made my point. If we got some back-to-back wins, anything could happen. It's not that likely. To be fair, to pick up on Craig's point, we're just not reliably good enough when we need to be at the moment. Yeah, that's yeah. Clive said exactly what I was saying, but in a more clear and concise way. He's not trying to stir up the debate and be an arse like I am. <laughs> you, an arse. 
<laughs> anyway, moving on, we've not got long left, so we'll we'll head off and do into podcast prediction land. Craig, have you got any pen and paper? Hang on, I'm the, I'm not the host, I'm the guest today. It should be you writing this down, but no, I have, and I will write it down as as per. Off you go. You know, just for that, we'll start with you first. <laughs> oh, will we? Yeah, less time to think about it. Go on. Gav's in charge. I don't need... Uh, that is also true. I don't really need to think about it. Uh, 1-0 win. Uh, 17th minute. We'll go with... Ooh. You know, we'll go with Clive next. 3-0 win, 12 minutes. Confident. Alan? I'm going to go 2-1 win. I think it'll be quite a close game. 25 minutes, 2-1 win. Oh, I think I'm with Alan on this one. I think 2-1 tw- uh, and 20th minute. 2-1's a safe bet. Yeah, yeah, We don't keep clean sheets at home. Yeah, but we've got Scott Flinders in goal, hopefully. I don't think Pim will be available for the weekend. Flinders will continue and get the clean sheet he absolutely rightly deserves. Um, Yeah, Uh, we'll get Nick, uh, we'll get uh, Nathan's predictions later in the week, by the way, and whack them on our social media. You know what to do. Oh, we've also also got a game in the week as well, haven't we? It's... um, well, I was thinking, Carlisle. yeah. Carlisle. I was looking. I think that's one all. Twenty-eight minutes. I don't know whether we'll get a podcast in before then. So let's go with uh, let's go with early Carlisle predictions as well. Go on then, Clive. What were you saying? One all. Twenty-eight. Uh, Alan, I'll go one nil. Win. Thirty-two. Cam. Oh. One all draw. They've had a bit of a wobble, haven't they? Goal. Thirty-eighth uh, minute. Uh, I will go with a two-one defeat. No. Uh, third minute. You're going to be a bad shit on the bus, Ooh. aren't you? <laughs> I am. You're right. Uh, as always, if you want to get involved with, po- why am I saying this? Oh, as ever, if you want to get involved in podcast predictions. Get on the social medias, follow the link. And remember, you've got to get your prediction how long before uh, kick-off, Craig? No later than one hour and one minute. Use the link in the description. Comments in the comments, guesses in the comments and all that won't count. And, of course, if you want to travel to Carlisle with the SSA, uh, I don't know what the departure time is because it's not on their socials. Craig, do you know? Uh, give me a minute and I'll find out. <laughs> Alan, give me the number. What's the number? 07967 689 597. And that oh, number again, last that one. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> Craig is looking for the number. <laughs> 07967 689 597. And coaches from Uncle Stadium depart at half past two on Valentine's Day. Roses are red, violets are blue. Come on, the SSA, and we'll have a quiz for you. Oh. Who's writing the ditties now? Gee, how bad. There was a young man from Gosham who took out his to wash him. His wife said, Jack, if you don't put them back, I'll stand on I'll stand on the and squash him. False teeth, weren't they? Oh gee, what? <laughs>
Have you had enough now, Cam? Oh, who, who let him back in? Oh, wait, me. Mary had a little lamb. She kept it in a bucket. But every time she let it out, <laughs> the bulldog tried to kiss it. <laughs> Come on, Cam, get us out of this, will you? Yeah. Oh, man. Right, so... This is that's unfortunately all we've got time for uh, this week. Like Craig said, it's it, most likely we won't have a podcast before Carlisle. So um, don't forget if you want to go to Carlisle, uh, get to the SSA. Uh, just, I'm sure the socials will be updated shortly. Craig, hint, hint. Don't <laughs> give up your day, those guys. We've <laughs> only got twenty nine months left. Four, four three three four three. That's going to be a graphic next week. Just gonna say four three three. No context, just four three three. Put it down, Craig, for goodness sake. All right. <laughs> Before I lose just need a black on. sharpie. A black sharpie so we can will actually you, read what Cam, will you put will you put him in detention, please? He's been very, yeah. very naughty. Before you before you before you do, thank you, Cam, for stepping in at the eleventh hour. Yes. And Matty my team is a four three three, Flinders Hewitt, Kilgore, Harbottle Wallace, Clark Maris Quinn, Swan Aikens, Keeler Dunn. See you next week. It's a winner. <laughs> and he's gone. <laughs> so yeah, well done, Cam. That's all we've got for, unfortunately, um, before I lose the rest of my brain cells that I've got left, because it's, it's been traumatic. Um, my thanks go to Alan Wilson and Clive Parkin for getting involved, and Mr Craig Priest. I'm going to add him back so he can say bye to everybody. Yeah, bye. Remember What's to actually thanks play, to remember, remember to actually play the outro on this, on this one. I don't think... Did- Well, that's all we've got time for tonight. Thanks, as ever, for getting involved with the Mansfield Matters podcast. Make sure you interact with us all throughout the week on social media, at MTFC Matters on Twitter and on the old Facebook as well. Also, don't forget to get involved with podcast predictions as Ollie Hawkins and George Lapsley come home. Will it be a case of old faces haunting us once again? Or can the stags get all three points and build on that euphoria from the 90th minute at Bradford there's only one way to find out we'll talk about all of that next week make sure you follow us on social media to find out when we're going to be live again thanks for listening and thanks to the Mansfield Matters panel as well for getting involved in tonight's show this is the show for the fans by the fans why? because Mansfield always matters good night The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.